Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Digital Confidence and Decision Making podcast. This will be the last episode of the first series. We're going to finish the book today and then hopefully talk a little bit just around what we've learned and everything else from it. And then that will be a wrap for this one and looking forward to what series two will bring. So without further ado, let's move on to part three, becoming a confident, impactful digital leader. Chapter 11, your digital future. So what now? So you're now a digital whiz. You've got the world at your fingertips. So what now? Now is the time to put this into practice and to begin a lifetime of learning, of thinking differently. Now that you have the basics, you can start to think about the bigger picture, as well as providing digital tools to make your teams more efficient or providing better customer services, you can now open up whole new avenues. You can utilize online services in the way so many did during the COVID era. You can change your business model. You can do more with video, more online learning, more online selling. You can change the way your company operates. If your most basic need is an internet connection and that is ubiquitous and available 24 seven, then location and time become irrelevant. Open your eyes to what digital can mean to your business and never stop learning. Think differently and challenge the norm. You are not alone, you are a sinner. We work together, constantly discuss, constantly discover, constantly deliver. The opportunities are endless. Using a digital model. Leaders that are digitally savvy will ensure that their business takes advantage of the benefits that it can provide. But this is not just about the technology model. You can apply the same thinking to your business. Let me explain how thinking of your company as a digital ecosystem can help you to achieve this. In 2016, I went to a conference in London for Box.com and one of the presentations was an Uber and the technology they used to drive their business. In particular, it was about the Uber app which in its most rudimentary form is a platform to bring together a buyer and a seller. The slide showed how Uber had utilized several software providers, each credible in their own right, that when integrated together gave Uber the platform to deliver an excellent customer experience. It allowed them to grow and scale and be cited as a disruptor in their industry. The software detail at the time was Twilio for communications, AWS for infrastructure, Google for maps, Braintree for payments and SendGrid for emails. All individual components were neatly integrated into this app and a good example of the whole being greater than the sum of its parts. At Peterborough Council we replicated this approach with the same componentized platform approach with the digital tools we look to move towards. We broke down the various components of our IT infrastructure and had a common tool for each element, which importantly were designed to work together. We had Okta for security, G Suite for productivity, Salesforce for case management, Box for file storage and document management, AWS for infrastructure, Click for business intelligence, GoCardless for direct debits, and a few other apps as well. Again, as per Uber, all these applications are fantastic as standalone apps, but bring them all together and they can perform much more effectively as a whole. They also had the added benefit of all being designed to work together really giving you that ecosystem of apps that you could apply across the council. And before I jump onto the next bit, ecosystem is a word I use a lot and one that I think is, is really valuable for businesses to look at. So when you're looking at a piece of software, don't just look at the software, look at the ecosystem around it. That is other tools that are designed to work with it. So Salesforce probably has the, the best example. If you go on the Salesforce App Exchange website, 
you'll find hundreds of tools built and designed to work with Salesforce. So that the old world of having to build APIs and integrate kind of disappears a little bit when you can when you can work in this way. And even recently working with a cathedral, we worked with a company called Donify with their CRM system. You go on their site, they've already got a small ecosystem of tools. There's things like just giving, Facebook, gifting. There's a gift aid module. It works with zero finance system. And it's all about how you actually have your core tool, but then build on top of it and add systems into it. So a Peterborough Salesforce was the core tool. And then you were bringing in all these other apps from the ecosystem that were designed to work with it, that would ease the work you were doing, make things simpler for you. So always concentrate ecosystem, look wider than just the solution you're looking at buying. It was all about breaking down the components and having a common answer to the problem that was reusable across departments and using the right mix to deliver individual services. It was the ecosystem of joined up apps though that made the whole thing work. What has this got to do with the CEO and your business model? What digital is bringing to the party is not just a new way of being able to deliver digital services, but also a new way of organising your business. You will also have an ecosystem of teams, with each perfectly capable in their own right. But what if you brought them together? Would the whole be greater than the sum of the parts? Imagine if HR was Twilio, finance was Braintree, sales was Google, marketing was SendGrid, and so on. As individuals and teams, they all work perfectly well as standalone systems. But now imagine you could bring them together to create that Uber experience or team. Could that provide your customers with a better level of service? Could you align teams to products or services rather than by job function, creating multidisciplinary teams all working together to provide the best service they can? They would all have an understanding of how each other operates and seamlessly integrate their work. Using digital tools, even as simple as Hangouts, Teams or Slack, can bring the right resources together to supercharge your service without making huge organisational changes. Digital gives you the opportunity to be flexible and to try new models without having to make big investments. As a separate example, in football or any team sport, you'll often hear the commentators talk about teams with less skilled players playing as a team outperforming better teams with players that do not play in unity. We are talking about bringing forwards, midfielders and defenders and a goalkeeper together and integrating them as a unit rather than as standalone functions the whole being better than the sum of the parts. Look at Leicester City winning the Premier League in the 2015-16 season, a team of largely journeyman footballers who came together to produce one of the greatest shocks in sport in history, a true example of the sum being greater than the parts and how pulling together as a team can bring big rewards. So whether as a football manager or as an organiser of digital components, as a leader you need to manage the ecosystem of teams and systems that you currently have to provide the best experience for your customers. Using digital tools to bring your teams together with the right mixed skill set to deliver that Uber experience to all means that you can truly be chief of your ecosystem. As a leader, it is important to reiterate that you do not need to fully understand digital technically. You do not need to go on a technical course to learn to code or understand how artificial intelligence works. What you do need to know is what digital is how your business can use it and the opportunities it provides you. Being able to lead your business to digital efficiency will help you to meet your business goals. It is going to be one of the most important skills you can have as a business leader. I'm yet to see a tender for management training facilitation that includes anything on digital. It is the one topic that is always missed. We teach managers finance, HR and other skills, but not digital. 
it is time to train yourself, all your managers and all your staff in digital with a focus on how it can help your business. And really, I'm going to touch ever so slightly on the, the next section because in the book, I talk about digital transformation, the fact I don't like it, the fact that we're looking at efficiencies of moving stuff. We are trying to make you more efficient, more effective as a business. Where digital transformation seems to be going now is, is largely more across kind of that business model. So are you running your business in the way that digital can allow you to? So traditionally, you may have had to work in a particular way, particular functions, particular service. Does digital allow you to completely break that model and move away from it? And really, that's where the disruptors, the Ubers, the Airbnbs, the others have come from, isn't we need to operate in the way that all of our predecessors have operated. We're coming at it from we're going to do something completely different, completely new angle and change. And that's easy if you're a new company, you've not got any of the legacy stuff sat behind it. You can come at it from that angle. But again, if you're a council, you're 20, 30 years old, you've got legacy systems. It's not that easy just to pick it up and change everything. But it's kind of where you need to be thinking and how you need to be thinking about the business, working through what you can do in today's world and how differently the services that you can provide could be delivered. And that takes us nicely into the section called You Do Not Need to Transform. To reiterate one of my first points around digital transformation, this phrase covers a whole host of activity, but it mainly seems to refer to business-wide changes. In fact, the terminology changes constantly and now even covers how your business thinks or the culture of your company. It is all nonsense though, and it's a phrase that, that needs consigning to history. The purists will shoot me down. They firmly believe in digital transformation and it being a way of life, but it is not. Digital is about using digital tools, social media, internet-based services, and mobile devices to enhance your business and to make real efficiencies. This may be internally about how you operate, but externally around how easy it is to serve your customers or for them to serve themselves. It is about using digital tools to grow rapidly, to serve customers better, for collecting data, for better insights into your customers, and so placing your company in a position to be able to respond quickly to market demands. As a leader, you need to know how these tools can ensure the success of your business. You do not need to overcomplicate anything. Making simple changes and constant improvements will put you in the best possible position going forwards. It does not need to be difficult. You do not need to transform. You need to get better at what you do first. Focus on the right areas of the business that will make the biggest impact. Focus on efficiency. This can be across individual users, small teams, or the whole company. Stop thinking you have to digitally transform anything. Check those business plans, follow the methodology, and align how digital is going to help you accelerate towards those goals. Remember that digital is not always the answer. Just uncovering poor processes and improving them is a step in the right direction. You do not have to do this alone. Being a sinner is all about working together. Use your resources and focus the business on communicating and moving forwards together as a whole. So again, there, digital transformation we can drop. We can talk about efficiencies, talk about processes, bringing tools in to make you better at what you do, making you more effective, giving your customers better service. Digital transformation, as I said, now moving towards this concept of uh, changing the business model, but actually that's just transformation. That's business change. That is looking at your business differently, looking at what you're doing, looking at your processes, looking at what your services are delivering now and what they could deliver. It kind of takes us back to the decide section because a lot of it comes back to the strategy you've got. And 
the IT strategy, the digital strategy or anything like that is pretty much there to deliver the other business strategies that you've got or in a council departmental strategies or corporate plans. And so if, if you're thinking from that perspective, then the conversation before you write your business strategy or before you write your departmental strategy is how can we do this completely differently using digital together there? That brings you back to the first section, which is number one, discuss. Having conversations between the two departments, between the two teams to say, this is what we think we want to achieve. Can we do this in a completely different way using tools and technology that are now available kind of across the mass market? And that's why conversation is so important and going through the steps, because before you write any strategy, before you write your own business strategy, the conversations, the discussions into the discovery takes you into the decide, into the strategy, which then means you can make a plan and you can go away and deliver it. So it does all make sense. Once you get to the end of it, you link it all together. Your digital strategy, your business strategy, they actually need to go through the same five step process than uh, any business strategy, any document, any corporate plan. As I said, this isn't just about digital as a model. It's about being able to use this everywhere. And so take those steps, do that and build that culture where departments are having conversations with IT experts, whether in-house, outsourced and working out exactly what your business model can look like using the right tools. And you'll get there. It's, it's not as complicated as people think. And one of the ways of doing that is the next section, digital conferences. I've spoken at a lot of conferences and I've attended even more. What strikes me most is the attendees list and more importantly, who does not go? You would expect a standard that members of the IT team will attend, that's a given. There are very few attendees from outside this sphere. How many IT or digital conferences have you attended? What is stopping you from going? Of course, you do not need to go to every conference. I have left plenty very early as they do not provide me with any relevant information or are sold as something they are not and end up being trade shows. These conferences are firmly aimed at technical specialists and even I avoid most of them. The one conference that I have noticed that does more of a mix is the Salesforce Dreamforce event. Here you have roughly 150,000 people descend on San Francisco for a week of learning and enjoyment. I should add that was pre-COVID. There is a good mix of technical events mixed with business focused events. Anyone who runs a business would find value in attending this, not just around the software, but from all the customer stories and experiences. Salesforce are very good at putting their customers on the stage and sharing the work that they are doing and explaining why. Your knowledge of the art of the possible will go through the roof. Now, not everyone can afford to go to San Francisco for a week, but a lot of the event is streamed online. They follow Dreamforce with a world tour and an event in lots of cities around the world. The London event is usually around the end of May and attracts somewhere in the region of 20,000 attendees. There is so much to learn in attending these events and seeing all the companies that provide complementary software to Salesforce and seeing a real ecosystem of products in effect. Similarly, there are conferences in San Francisco for Box.com and events in Las Vegas for Amazon Web Services with their reInvent conference and Okta with Octane as well as many others. There are also many events across the world for these companies, and AWS in particular has lots of events around using digital more effectively. If you plan your agenda well and go to the business style talks as opposed to the technical ones, then again you will learn a lot and come away with new ideas that will help elevate you above your competition. I've been lucky enough to go to reInvent a couple of times now, 
and I'm amazed how much I learn about the services they offer. In my first year there, I got to have a one-to-one, -one, albeit with about 20 other people in the room, with Andy Jassy, the CEO of Amazon Web Services. And as you may have read in the news recently, I think he's actually going to be the CEO of Amazon full stop with Jeff Bezos stepping down and discuss the plans we had. It was an amazing experience to be able to share this with him and to pick his brain. It does show how these tools cross over a lot of the perceived boundaries between sectors. There is a tool for everything. So please, when you're thinking about your year ahead and how you're going to be using digital, do not discount going to some of these events. You are not obligated to buy anything. It will give you an experience that you probably won't be able to get anywhere else and you'll come back from the day or week with more learning than you probably had in the previous two years. Do not leave it to just to others to attend or to your IT team thinking there'll be techies talking technical. Absolutely some talks are, but there are a lot of talks on the agenda aimed at helping you improve your business and sharing the ideas of others. Use this to your advantage and learn from them. Be confident that you're, you're right to be attending. Use these conferences as part of your discovery. And just like the first time I spoke on stage and was terrified of being found out, they are there for you to learn. No one is judging you. You may not understand all of it, but that does not matter. Listen, learn, discuss and discover. And again, I, like I said, I've been to loads and some are terrible, some are really good, some are just sales pitches. But I think businesses are now getting to grips with the fact that the software is nice and people like to talk about the software and what it can do. But actually having customers on stage saying, we had this problem, this is what we did and this was the end result is more beneficial. And ultimately, as I said, I took a colleague to the Salesforce event in San Francisco and ultimately he was the one that kind of validated everything I was trying to do within IT at the time because he came back and said, I listened to these people. The software bit was irrelevant. They said we had to achieve this. We had this time scale to do it in. This is what we did. And it's almost at the end that and Salesforce was the answer to it because they've talked through the business problems that they were trying to solve. And you do come away with so much knowledge. You'll gain, obviously gain knowledge. Technically, you'll understand Salesforce or whichever software provider you go to a little bit better and what they offer. But for me, the, the clincher is that there's so many business opportunities to learn in that. And yet, every time I see one of these in, in the UK in public sector, we send the IT person or a transformation person or something. The chief execs need to be going. Senior directors need to be going. You might think you lost in the first stage, but... You'll find your way around. You'll find talks that are of interest. There's so many people willing to share their ideas, their thoughts, uh, struggles they've had in the past and various other bits that you're really missing the trick if you're not getting onto these events. Inspire others. Dan Price, the CEO of Gravity Payments, took a pay cut to enable all his staff to be paid a minimum £70,000 a year. This was the figure they established would give his employees the security they needed to not have to worry about money. They could then be more efficient and more bought into the company and its ethos. His employees ultimately rewarded him by buying him a Tesla from their own pockets to thank him for his sacrifice. That kind of leadership is ultimately what employees want. I'd highly recommend his book once you've completed all your tasks in this one first. When undertaking digital projects, are you the leader that adopts the new tools first? Are you leading by example? Are you making sacrifices that your staff are having to make? Are you communicating with them? I'm not saying take a pay cut, but lead by example. Adopt new tools and new ways of working and embrace digital first. Do not force a culture on your business. Develop one naturally through leadership and thinking differently. You have an opportunity to be an inspirational leader. 
one that adopts not just digital tools, but modern new ways of working. You have the ability to change the lifestyle of all your employees. But there is a bigger picture too. I've tried to align my business to two of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. The two I've chosen that mean the most to me are good health and well-being and life below water. I believe that technology can help the world to become a better place, but it needs to be done correctly and for the right reasons. There are so many initiatives already benefiting from technology, from the charity sectors through to the environment. By coming together and focusing on our efforts on some of the bigger issues, we can really make a change. It needs people to become more digitally savvy though. It's a self-perpetuating cycle of improvements that we can make. The more we learn and understand, the more we learn and understand. I want to have an impact on the world. I want to look at the bigger picture. I want to work with people who have similar mindsets, who want to achieve something better. It starts with small steps towards learning new skills, new skills that will be forever useful. And really in that, that's Dan Price, if you follow him on Twitter, he got a lot of stick for the model he went for, and he doesn't pay everyone 70 grand, he pays a minimum of 70. Staff, there are still staff there that earn more than that. And I think he there's certain sectors that said he would fail and he would really struggle. And again, if you follow him on Twitter and places, you'll see that during lockdown, during COVID, his business actually thrived. He put more of a an essence on serving the customer, but making sure his staff don't have external worries and financial worries. And it started with a conversation with one of his friends who said, I earn X amount and I can't afford to live. And it really made him think, hang on, that was quite a good salary. How can you still not afford to live? Went through all their bills and everything and kind of went, yeah, at the end of each month, you're not left with any money. No wonder you're not fully engaged in the business or what we're doing. And that was ultimately what inspired him to, to set this benchmark wage. And ultimately, I think it changes city to city depending on cost of rent, cost of living and everything else. But it's a, it's the concept really of, of leadership and saying to staff, this is what we're going to do. I'm prepared to also do this. And again, coming back to the digital side of it, so often we see digital projects happening, we implement systems, and it's the senior leaders, the senior management, the chief execs, who are almost the last to adopt it. And they take a little bit longer to get their head around some of it, but you need to flip that 180. You need to be the leaders. You need to be the ones adopting it first, taking it on and telling everyone else to use it. Even if you don't fully get it, fully understand it, if you're the one driving that change and saying, well, we're doing meetings on Teams, you share your documents via box before the meeting, you upload them a week before, everyone can comment on it, etc., etc., then that gets embedded in your, the next tier down, the next tier down, and the next tier down, rather than it coming bottom up, which is always a struggle because you just can't really get the buy-in that you could if you stood as a leader and went, this is what we're doing, and I'm the shining example of someone who doesn't understand it or doesn't necessarily get it, and I'm still using it and I'm driving it forwards. So final thoughts from the book. Do not try and think, be like a digital startup if you're not. Do not get fixated on a backwards view of the working day. Do not overlook your digital processes. Do step up and lead the company through digital. Do be a forward-thinking, innovative leader. Do not worry you're not from a technical IT background. Do not get left behind. Do not lack confidence in making decisions on digital. Do understand the outcomes of your digital projects. Do make a difference. Do work together. Do be a sinner. And that ultimately is the end of the book. Chapter 12 we obviously touched on last time. We covered that in the, in the previous podcast. 
Section 13 really just gives you my details and, and information about me and the website. And obviously you can find that out for yourself at www.sin-city.co.uk. There's also self-assessments on there. You can take a scorecard that will give you your score in, in digital, digital confidence where you're at as a business, where you need to focus a little bit more effort to. But really it comes back to those kind of five steps. If you can go through them as a chief exec or as a leader, you'll ultimately be putting yourself and your organization in a better position. You will have the conversations, you'll understand frustrations. You'll be able to talk to your IT departments, talk to people, talk to other businesses, talk to anyone about what they're trying to do. You then go away, you can discover, you can discover all the business models, the business cases, the tools that are out there, uh, everything that's designed to kind of help you as a company to deliver better. And when we talk about that, CRMs, for example, there's hundreds of CRMs, all designed slightly differently, all to do slightly different things. There is pretty much a tool for everything. I'm still discovering ones every day. I'm on LinkedIn and I'll see a company and and look them up and see what they do and it's something i've never heard of or seen before it's fast moving and things are completely different and in five years things will be completely different from where they are today again so you have to keep discovering decide takes you into the strategy phase what are we going to do and again if that's based on what you've discussed what you've discovered the strategy document becomes quite easy this department need to achieve x how is digital going to get them there and again you can be quite fluid quite differently about business models different business outcomes local government will find it slightly harder because they're a bit more fixed in terms of what they can and can't do and the services they have to give but not everyone is design as we said you take that plan you break it down into a one year chunk what are we going to do in this financial year what's our resourcing look like what kind of decisions do we have to make around the order that we're going to deliver stuff plan that out really well Obviously, as I said, make sure that the actual change element, the people element is part of that. It's not just the technology. The people change is, is often much, much harder than implementing new tech, getting people to think differently, and then obviously into deliver. And I've given you a structure for how to kind of be given enough information as a senior leader to be able to monitor where these projects are at. And again, if you want to go down a tier, you, you can change that ever so slightly. You can add more information in, you need more kind of understanding of where they're at and keep going through that cycle. But it is very, very simple. It's straightforward. It takes you through different steps and you need to discuss, you need to get different viewpoints. So I'm going to leave you really with a recent LinkedIn poll that I did that I think showcases this. And it was again, local government, but I asked the question, if you could receive a text message the day before your bin was due out, would you receive, would you sign up for that service? And obviously this would be a simple text message that just said, I don't know, blue bin tomorrow morning before nine. So you knew you had to get your blue bin out in the morning before nine o'clock. That's when it's going to be collected. Simple reminder, it's a text message. So you can swipe it away, you can delete it, you can ignore it. You haven't physically had to do anything. You've not had to go onto a website. You've not had to log onto an app to see this. It's is proactive has come at you. Interestingly, in the results of this, it was wasn't quite a 60-40, it was probably more like a kind of 55-50-45 split, but in favour of receiving the text message. And whilst that's quite interesting itself, obviously from my background, most people I know on LinkedIn are somehow linked to digital or work in digital. 
and what you found that the majority of those people were in the no camp saying no i wouldn't sign up some said text messages were redundant which is ridiculous some said you build an app some said you download a calendar some said you did set alarms all things that you would have to do and they basically ignored the fact that 55 60 percent of people are going yeah actually i'd quite like that so all these digital people that actually work in councils now are ignoring the fact that the general public are saying yeah actually that would work for us and so you can't just be talking to your own individual teams and having those conversations this is why discuss is so important because you have to go wider and talk to your customers your residents people outside your organization people of different ages what works for them and what would give them the best service that you can then benefit from in the background and that's really where I want to leave it because that's kind of an example of where digital and just talking to digital people really can go wrong. You spend a lot of money building an app that you could do in a 1P text message and it can then obviously lead to massive savings in the back for not having to go back to, to miss bins and everything else. For me, kind of those conversations, although obviously I say decide is the most important section if you're not having conversations with anyone, you're not speaking to someone maybe similarly to me who is slightly more disruptive, thinks out the box, thinks differently, challenges the norm, challenges people's preconceptions, then you haven't really got a, a benchmark to work against. You're asking your own team, I want to achieve this, build this. And you need a much wider viewpoint. And if you can get to that point, where you're having conversations and you've got people you can go to to challenge you and to do everything else. The discover becomes easier because that's a simple LinkedIn poll and I got nearly a thousand responses in a week to say yes, no to a system. That will immediately gives you kind of an insight into where people are thinking. And then you can go in to decide what we're doing and kind of design and deliver. And so I always talk about culture that what you're trying to create with culture isn't the ping pong table, isn't the pool, isn't the free fruit or the free coffee. With culture, what you're actually trying to create is a communication culture. And it's a culture where people have conversations and have open conversations, are free to challenge, are free to throw new ideas. They, they say there's no, nothing, no such thing as a stupid question, but people are still afraid of kind of showing that vulnerability that they don't understand or they don't know. And everything we're doing with digital and, and around the confidence in that comes from starting with a conversation, talking to the right people. And it's those conversations that will start to build your confidence and start to give you the knowledge to make decisions that you need to make. As I said, everything for me, everything the book boils down to, is you as a leader, you as a chief exec, you as a senior manager, being confident enough to have those conversations with the right people about what you're doing, about digital, with your IT teams, with people like me, and to actually listen and accept challenge and new ideas and things that are completely different to what you've done for years and years, and look at things completely differently because that's what digital is giving you. And that's where Again, we'll come back to Uber and Airbnb and people. They've been able to come in and disrupt markets because they've been able to think differently from day one. And that's ultimately where we need to get you to. 
So genuinely, thank you very much for listening to this series. I hope you found it useful. I hope the kind of expanded explanations of some of the bits of the book have helped, even explaining how the book was written, the chapter, where we've, how we've broken it down. If you've got a book in you, write it. It's, it's genuinely not as hard as you think it is to, to get it out there on paper. Uh, and really, we'll look forward to series two. And I'll let you know what that looks like soon. I think it will be a mix of kind of some of the news stories, challenging some decisions that have been made. Uh, we'll do some interviews with a few key people within the sector as well. Hopefully have a bit of fun around digital and again, engage people in those conversations about what it means. So genuinely, thank you very much for listening to uh, series one of this. I hope you've enjoyed it and look forward to talking to you all again in series two. Thank you.